I am Paul Tucker, and I am Citizen Salem. Hello, and thanks for listening to another episode of Citizen Salem. My name is Chris Padgett, and I went outside today. It was beautiful out today, so the boys and I went up to Forest River Park, and we threw the baseball around a little bit. Forest River is actually an important part of this episode's guest childhood. Here's my conversation with our state representative, Paul Tucker. How long have you lived in Salem? I have lived in Salem my entire life, with the exception of... Uh, my first few days at birth, because I was born in Danvers, but lived in Salem after that. We won't tell anybody. <laughs> and um, uh, my wife and I lived in uh, Nashville, New Hampshire for a short time when I was on the police department up there. And we lived in Marblehead for a few years um, in the 90s. We had bought a house there. Um, but we came back, and, and our heart's always been here. Why'd you come back? Uh Marblehead was an excellent town. We liked it very much. Um, but our roots were here. Our families are here. Our friends are here. And frankly, everything about Salem kind of pulled us back and tugged at us. And um, we've, we've never looked back. And I don't intend to go anyplace else. Is there anything real to the Salem-Marblehead rivalry? There's a, you know, there, there always seems to be a little bit of an edge there. Between the, between the two towns. Is, that, is there something actually there, or you think it's just in the heads of the residents? Well, I wonder if that's... that's having, pot, having lived in both places. Yeah, so I wonder if that's pot myth and, and not really based in reality. Um, I found that, that uh, the folks in both places, uh, just very nice people. I mean, everybody wants the same thing. We want, we want nice, safe communities, good places to grow up, good places for our kids to grow up, and a place where we can, we can do everything that we want to do from education to public safety to socializing and have a beautiful place to do it as well. And I think both places have that. What's changed about Salem and the amount of time that you've lived here? That's a really good question. Um, To me, I'm a neighborhood guy. I was a South Salem kid. um, And my daughter, Megan, actually lives in the house I grew up in. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a Forest River kid. and, And Back then, you know, growing up, everybody's identity at the time was through a playground or a park. I knew the common kids. I knew the Mack Park kids. I knew the Gallows Hill kids. I was a Forest River kid. Um, Spent every day of every summer there for every year growing up. Uh, Played Little League baseball there. Played Midget Football League there. And to me, I guess the the biggest changes from what I see, I think kids have kind of lost their identity a little bit in terms of of the playgrounds. Um, And the other thing that that was really a nice thing growing up is there was mom and pop stores in every corner. Nobody probably ever heard of it, but Deland's Variety was at the corner of of, uh, Forest Ave by Lucia Street where I grew up. And it was just run by a nice old couple. Um, Those stores, those neighborhood identities, I think a lot of it has changed. And not that we need to turn back the clock to, to those days, because I think there's so, so many wonderful things that are happening in Salem. Um, but there has been a change. There has been um, um, a little bit different growing up. Um, I think that, that people's interests might be different now. Um, you know, I play a lot of sports as a kid growing up. Now there's so many other avenues for kids to go in. So I guess that's part of the natural transformation of a society. 
if somebody saw you walking down the street, other than as a Forest Hill kid, uh, if someone saw you walking down the street, how would they know you? How does a citizen of Salem recognize you? Well, it's funny. Um, it, it depends on when they knew me and what phase of my life. <laughs> so for several years as a kid, I delivered newspapers um, all, over, all over Forest Ave and Lafayette and Wisteria. I did that Monday through Saturday. And on Sundays, I had, a, I had a cart that I would wheel down to the back of St. Teresa's Chapel on Summit Avenue and sell newspapers there. So there's some customers I have left from there. Um, the next phase, I guess, would be I worked all through high school at uh, what was known as Big Fred's Roast Beef and uh, now known as Sammy's. Okay. And I, I, I still know some people by the, by the sandwich that they got, not so much by their name anymore. But I think most people probably know me from my police career. I spent 32 years in the police department. Uh, most of those, about 25 or so years of those in the detective division. Mm. Um, and I was very fortunate. Bob St. Pierre was the police chief, was very good to me. He was a great mentor in my career. And fortunately, at, at some point when I made captain, I was a captain for over 20 years in the detective division. I ran the investigation unit. And then for the last five, um, I was the police chief, which I enjoyed immensely. I had a, just a wonderful career. Being a police officer in Salem, I think the people have a deep appreciation for our public safety team, police and fire. And then for the last four years, I've been an elected official. I've been a state representative. Um, I go to Boston. I represent uh, the city's best interests on Beacon Hill. And I get to get be involved in a number of statewide initiatives as well. And I've just started my third term. So I've just, I, I, nobody's been more blessed than me. I, I've had so many good friends here. Just a wonderful place to grow up. Um, you know, I just... Uh, my, my family uh, has been good to the city, and the city's been good to my family. Does being a police officer in your hometown make things easier or, easier or harder? That's a tough question. Um, my first police job on um, a full-time municipal police force that was up in Nashua, New Hampshire, and I guess one of the benefits would have been that um, I was a stranger up there. I didn't know anybody, and you can enforce the law in an, always in an even-handed manner. There's no question about that. But there was never the pressures of people that you knew that you had to interact with at sometimes less than their most optimal time. Mm -hmm. um, but I was also very pleased to get a job here in Salem. And I think in my whole career, I've kept a good balance of knowing the city, knowing the people, knowing when and how to use that discretionary power that police officers have, and knowing when there's just nothing you can do that you had to apply the law as it, as it is written. When the transition from being a detective to chief, is that something that you get promoted into? Do you lobby for that position? How does that work? So for my first three, four years, I, w I worked in the patrol division um, in the cruiser in uniform, and I was able to make it into the detective division, which is something that I, I had really had my heart set on. So I was a, a regular detective for quite some time, and then uh, when I was fortunate enough to be promoted to sergeant, Chief St. Pierre left me in the detective division as a supervisor. And then my next promotion was to captain. Uh, I was a young, young captain. I was 31 years old. And um, I ended up staying in there for um, uh, just about 20 years. And sometimes the most interesting, sometimes the most frustrating, but never dull and always plenty of variety. And I have to say that my family has just been, been wonderful throughout a police career. I can't tell you how many times either the phone rang in the middle of the night. I can tell you one Example, on a Friday afternoon, we were getting ready to head to Maine for the weekend, and I got a call on my beeper from 
uh, an informant of mine that told me about a case that was going to go down over the weekend, and I unpacked the car and had to stay. Mm. I'm not complaining. I knew what I signed up for, and um, uh, I got involved in a lot of um, interesting situations and cases. And the job, frankly, it took me all over the country and all over the world. Mm. Um, I went to California on homicide cases. I went to Israel for a counterterrorism trip. Mm. The, the job's been very good to me. And um, I, I just hope that we, we still have a lot of young men and women that are interested in going into police work. I'm very proud of my son, who's been on the job now for about seven years and uh, actually just got promoted to sergeant a couple of weeks ago. So we have a, we have a great police department. We have great leadership. And one of the things in Salem that we've gone way out of our way for us to make sure we have good ties to the community. Sometimes people would say to me that, you know, why are we involved in community things? That's not really crime fighting and arresting. And I say the community is the place where we build our foundation. For instance, down at um, Palmer Cove, uh, Mayor Driscoll supported us very strongly to take over an abandoned building down there, and which has now become the On Point program. We partnered with James Lister at, at uh, Plummer Youth Promise. We, we partnered with um, DCF, with probation, and now we're running every type of program out of That was a police department initiative. Um, frankly, I'm very proud of the fact that as chief, I got the department accredited. Uh, we received statewide accreditation, which means that we're adhering to the best practices. So we've done a really a lot of good, good things. Um, as in any endeavor, you don't always get it right, but if you don't get it right, you make sure it doesn't happen twice. So, Tell me about the transition from from one public servant role to another, how did you end up lobbying, or how did you end up wanting, even wanting to be a state rep? What, what inspired that? Well, politics is always something that's been an interest of mine. And I can't say that I've ever been involved. In fact, the only time I ever ran for office was class officer as a junior at Salem <laughs> High School in, in 1975. Um, but it's something I've always been interested in. So um, my predecessor, John Keenan, now the university president at Salem State, doing a fantastic job, called me to let me know that he was not going to run. And uh, I think John, for 10 years, had been just a fantastic representative. He, he, he comported himself in, in just a great way. He took very good care of the citizens. And he, he always kept his eye on the ball in, in the best way. And he called me that afternoon and said he was going to be announcing the next day that he wasn't going to run for reelection. I went home that afternoon and I told my wife, I said, I think I'm going to run. John Keene is not going to run. I said, the worst that could happen is if I don't win, I'm still the police chief. Sure. And um, uh, the citizens of Salem and uh, support I've gotten from the good folks here, it's just been one of the highlights of my life. Um, I worked hard. I knocked on as many doors as I could. Um, I reached out to people and the reception was very good. And I'm fortunate that, that um, the folks of Salem have just returned me uh, back to the State House for a third term. Uh, each one is a two-year term, and it has been everything I hoped it would be and more. Um, people don't always agree with me, and that's okay. They're not supposed to. But I like to make sure that I explain to people what my reasoning was, that I don't take things lightly, and that, that the products of my decisions are, are, by and large, from the research and the work that I put into it and reaching out to people who are more expert and smarter than I am in a lot of other matters. And I'm, I'm not afraid to, to reach out and ask folks to solicit their opinion. I've had uh, just a great four years at the State House. The committees that I've been privileged to be on uh, are doing some really important work. Just this week, I, I filed a, a major education bill and I'm moving along getting some support for it in the way we, the way we fund um, our education K through 12. 
Last term, I, I got to be uh, an integral part of a 30-year crime bill uh, reformation, the biggest reform in 30 years, and a number of my initiatives were embedded into the bill and made it all the mm -hmm. way through. I'm very proud of that. And not in any, any way that I had some great thing to do with it, but I actually had just a small part of a large collaboration. And that's how you get things done. And uh, frankly, uh, what we see in, in the federal government um, is so disappointing and disheartening, and you can use any other adjective. I like to think that in Massachusetts, um, we're collegial, we get along, uh, we respect the other party, and I think they respect us. And though we don't always agree, that's not the way it has to work. But at the end of the day, I like to think that most of us want to get to the same place. We may take a little different path of how we get there, uh, but I also think we also have the best interest of the people of Massachusetts at heart. If you could pick one thing out of that, maybe not even out of that list of things that you just said, what is the one thing that you're doing to make Salem better? I listen to the folks in Salem. I, I take to heart what they're looking for. And what I offer in return is, is honest, hard work, and accessibility. I'm very proud about my accessibility. I, if if mm -hmm. somebody asks me to come to an event, unless there's something that I just can't get out of, I mean, I'll you're be here. There. <laughs> yeah, this is, and, and, um, and I also think it's, it's important, particularly in this day and age, for the voters who are informed, and they pay attention. Mm. I think it's important for them to know what their elected representatives are doing and, and what it is that's driving them to make certain decisions. So um, I work hard, I always have, um, until, until the day I stop doing this job, I wanna keep doing it the same way, with honesty, with integrity, and it's the way I've done my, my whole career. And as I said earlier, um, you know, we, we're not perfect people, we're not in a perfect world, and if you make a mistake, you make sure it doesn't happen again. And I put a lot of time and effort into being the state rep representative from Salem, as do many of my colleagues at the State House. And, Sometimes you, you have to weather some of the criticism, but as long as you know that, that in your heart you've made the right decision, I'm okay with that. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Thanks Appreciate for being it. asked. It's great. Great, thank you. And that's my conversation with Paul Tucker. When I spoke to him, he had a lot more hair than he does now. He recently shaved his head as part of a uh, benefit, so if you see him around town, make sure you give his head a rub. Thanks to Chris and Mary Ellen at Notch Brewing for letting us use their brewery to record this episode. Notch Brewing and Tap Room is online at notchbrewing.com and at 238R Derby Street in Salem, behind Waters and Brown. Alex Asacker wrote and performed the Citizen Salem theme song on her ukulele. Citizen Salem is recorded and produced by me, Chris Paget. Additional photography, you can find it on Instagram, by Bowie Paget. If you or someone you know would like to be featured here, send me an email at citizensalem1626 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Citizen Salem.